0: I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome everybody to a momentous occasion here on First Class Fatherhood. I'm very happy as always to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please go hit that subscribe button. You are not going to want to miss all the action coming your way this week here on First Class Fatherhood. That's right. I say moment this occasion. It is our 50th episode today, and I really am proud of that. And I owe it all to you listeners out there who are continuing to shower me with support and continuing to share the podcast all over the Internet. So I really owe it all to you guys. It's our 50th episode here celebrating fatherhood. And we're kicking off Navy SEAL Week here. And boy, I couldn't be more excited about the lineup. Today's guest, Jason Redman. What an honor it will be to share a few minutes with him about fatherhood and the likes. So stay tuned. That will be coming right up after the quick spot here. I will be honored to be speaking with Navy SEALs all week long. Continuing tomorrow, I will have Navy SEAL Kevin Lace along with his wife, Lindsay, on the podcast. So that will be very exciting. On Wednesday, I will have entrepreneur and former Navy SEAL Brandon Webb on the podcast. Thursday, I will have Eli Crane, who you may know from Shark Tank fame, where he became a multimillionaire from his bottle breacher company. I will have him on Thursday. On Friday, I will be welcoming in the guy who put one in Osama bin Laden and put him down for the count. Rob O'Neill will be joining me here on the podcast. So please keep it locked in. It's very exciting. We got an action-packed week here. We're talking to first-class fathers, men that we can actually tell our children to look up to and be inspired by. So please sit back, relax. And enjoy today's podcast. Today is Memorial Day, so hopefully you're having a little barbecue and taking the time to remember the men and women who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. So we're going to hit a quick spot here, and I will be right back with First Class Father, Jason Redman. Stay with me. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a very special guest who was wounded on the battlefield seven times while serving our nation as a Navy SEAL, including being shot in the face. His injuries required more than 37 surgeries, 1,200 stitches, and 15 skin grafts. His attitude towards recovery has inspired hundreds of thousands of people across the globe. He is a best-selling author, motivational speaker, founder of Wounded Wear, but most importantly, he is a first-class father. Jason Redman, welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Alec, hey, thanks for having me on, an honor.
0: All right, let's kick things off here. How many kids do you have, and how old?
1: I have three kids. They are uh, 18, 15, and 13 years old. So, older boy
0: and two girls. Okay, well, given your background and everything that you know about it, how would you feel if your kids wanted to follow in your footsteps and, and join the military, join the service?
1: I, You know, I would love it. I'd be perfectly honest. I mean, I would be honored. I, I tell anybody that I think the military is an is an amazing Uh, organization that that teaches you the most vital aspects of life um whether you ever see combat or not and i know for many people out there especially as a parent i mean you would probably hope your kids wouldn't be exposed to that but then you also have to balance that against the reality of the world but even without any of those aspects just for your kids or anyone to go through uh basic military training or any of the advanced trainings i mean they they learn the basic principles of being a good human being you learn how to be an effective leader you learn how to be an effective member of a team you learn how to communicate you learn how to do uh build structure and goal set and all these things that make us successful as human beings so uh, you know in that aspect i would absolutely uh love it now with my kids you know i'll i'll, I'll, I'll jump right into my son actually has a uh Has a small hole in his heart. It doesn't stop him from doing anything, but other than the fact, it will stop him from going in the military. That being said, uh, you know, I kind of got hit in the face with the bat, not literally, but metaphorically a few years ago. uh, Well, a few more, six years ago, he was 12 years old and we were at an event and somebody asked my son, he was 12 years old then, and he said, uh, they asked him, are you going to become a SEAL like your dad? And and without missing a beat with the candor that only kids have, you know, when they don't really they don't take time to think about something. They just, you know, the answer that they have in that moment is what they spit out. And my son said, no, I don't think so. He said Navy SEALs get killed and severely injured.
0: Wow, gee,
1: that was really eye opening to me because I realized this was the world my kids had grown up in. You know, my son, from the the time he can remember, grew up in a household that was at war. I mean, you know, my friends were going to war. Uh, You know, he got a little bit older and I started going to war. And, you know, we would have functions. You know, I remember having a poker game one night and, you know, a quarter of the people there were missing limbs uh, because of the war. Uh, my son has had friends that were killed, you know, their dads were killed in the war. So my son grew up with the, the very harsh realities of war. Um, I think for many young men and women, even for myself, when I was younger, going in the military, there was a romanticized part of it, you know, the the heroism, the brotherhood and all that absolutely exists. But the problem is with war, there is an incredibly negative, dark side. And my young, my son, more than any of my kids, grew up as a witness
0: to that it is very sad to see so many people disconnected to the fact that there are currently service members overseas uh, laying down their life for our freedom. So uh, it it doesn't go unnoticed by me. The closest thing uh, us civilians have to learning any of those skills that you mentioned, leadership, teamwork, a lot of times is found in sports. Uh, So I'm curious uh, to hear your opinion on this. Uh, How do you feel about your children playing contact sports such as football?
1: I I am. I'm a fan. I grew up. I, I wrestled and I played football. So I do agree there's a balance. We need to figure out at what age do we allow kids to play full contact? You know, there's a lot of studies that are going on right now. um, The impacts of head injuries. I mean, I remember on my football team, there was a guy, he had had like six concussions and he had to wear like this padded, this thick pad on top of his helmet. And he used to joke about the fact he was like, yeah, the doctor told me if I I get one more concussion, I'm probably going to be brain damaged. And we all thought it was funny back then. Yeah, wow. But, you know, the reality
0: is, you know, what are we doing? You know, What are we doing to kids? I remember that mentality. I remember that mentality. We grew up the same way, playing football in the street with our friends and stuff. We just kind of never even gave it a second thought. It was always just like, a, and now looking back on it with my own children, I'm thinking about, gee, guys, be careful. You know, I got to worry about the insurance if you get hurt, something like this. It's like none of those things even seemed to exist when we were doing it.
1: Yep. And, and, and I think, you know, we're getting, the reality is we're getting bigger and stronger and faster, uh, with time. And, and, uh, and I mean, you watch some of these hits, you know, in, you know, in college, even in high school, vicious, I mean, they're they're pretty vicious hits. So, so I'm all about it. As long as people know the risks, we look at minimizing the risks. It's no different in special operations with missions. I love football. I wanted my son to play football. I'll be perfectly honest. And, uh, he, he grew up playing soccer. He was a very good soccer player. And uh, he was like, that. I like soccer. So he didn't go down the road of football. But if he had, I would have totally supported it.
0: Yeah, I try to give my kids a little sample of everything and then try to really rally behind whatever it is that they choose. Uh, I want to turn my attention over to the hot topic. I would love to hear your opinion on this. The school shootings becoming more frequent. Uh, how do you feel about officers in the school or gun safety with children? Please weigh in on the topic.
1: You know, once again, and everything, it's got to be a balanced approach. Uh, It definitely is not, you know, you you have the far left side of the equation and you have the far right side of the equation. I think you really got to look deeper into this problem. Um, I think school shootings are going to continue. And and I was just reading an article. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Malcolm Gladwell who was talking about – They're only going to get worse. And here's and here's the problem. Why is every school shooting we have desensitizes Americans and most specifically our kids that are perpetrating these school shootings and amplify that by, you know, Alec, you remember back when we watched movies growing up. uh, They you know, there was violence, but, you know, a PG movie didn't see anything. Well, today you watch PG movie, and it's almost to the level of an R movie we watched when we correct. were correct. Yeah, correct. And and you watch these video games. I mean, they're super realistic. I watch these kids playing Call of Duty or things like that, or even. Um... God, what's the one I would never let my kids play? It's like it's like all about gangbanging. Well, I know Grand Theft Auto
0: is a terrible one. Uh, That's one. And I I even did a thing on the podcast with that as well. Those games that we played, like the the Mortal Kombat or whatever the violence was, it was kind of like just a. You never it didn't look serious. It was just kind of like a backdrop to the objective, uh, the object of the game. You know,
1: exactly. But I think all of that desensitizes kids to violence. And that's kind of what Malcolm Gladwell talked about. Every time there's another shooting, it's desensitizing them, and so that it's a much bigger problem than the than the actual topic of guns. Uh, it's really about the mindset of what American society and specifically our younger generation is being subjected to. So the counter to that is how do you approach that at home? You know, I obviously grew up in a Uh, I grew up with guns. I grew up shooting. Uh, I have guns all over my house. My kids, uh, I I had all of my kids shooting when they were about five years old. So now they've grown a little older. Like my youngest, she really doesn't like shooting. She's my girly girl. Uh, My older daughter likes to shoot. and My son likes to shoot. Um, But the bottom line, they understand that a gun is a tool and it is a very deadly tool. And I think, you know, that is the approach. You know, you have to have a realistic approach to the life out there, you know, the, the reality of life. And I think, you know, them understanding that there is violence. I mean, I will admit I let my kids play some violent video games, but I also tell them, you know, you do understand that there's nothing, you know, there's a big difference when what you watch in TV when, you know, a guy gets shot. And in real life, you know, when I'm when my uniform's covered in blood because my buddy just got part of his chest blown out, you know, it's it's much different in life. Um, And so I think that's the key to anything in life Uh, as a as a parent. It's about communication and trying to make sure they understand that what they're being exposed to, um, how that plays out in the real world, because ultimately, right, our job as a parent is to prepare our kids to be successful in the real
0: world. Yeah, I'm down with that philosophy, 100%. Uh, I have to admit now, when we're talking about Internet issues and and the safeties of the Internet, my biggest concern, my biggest fear is uh, with pornography and that the fact is my kids are right at that age there. They're a preteen Uh, I I am so worried that they're going to hit the wrong button on the phone or on the screen. And they're going to get this real extreme image, a sexually explicit image or sexual act being performed. And it's going to really blow their mind when when they haven't even seen a naked woman yet. So I would love to ask you, how do you or how did you curb or monitor the dangers of the Internet, such as pornography?
1: Well, (laughs) so, I mean, I've had two instances with our kids with, you know, pornography uh our son was the first one he he was probably 12 and he was hanging out with a kid that was older and uh yeah we found stuff on the computer and had to approach him about it so that of course led to a talk about pornography and sex and everything else um uh, amazingly you know that one although i kind of expected you know 12 year old boy Um, we, we had an issue with my, my youngest daughter when she was probably only 11 and, um, you know, on her iPad, like I, I was updating her iPad or something and yeah, I came across this search thread of, and it was innocent enough in the beginning, but what happened is that's the problem. You know, if you type in butts just being funny as a young kid. Correct. It, it opens up this aperture to God knows, you know, all kinds of things. So that led us to to sit down with her and just say, you know, when people are older, they do these things, but I turned hers off and we also, and let me go back to my son. We restricted the content, uh, that they could get to. So we installed some of this parent monitoring software and basically, you know, uh, um, Uh, pornography-based websites. It basically could block them if they tried to go to them. So, uh, you know, and I'll be honest, my kids are older now. I'm not putting those things in place Um, because in some ways I just try and talk to them about the reality of life Um, because ultimately this comes back to everything that I speak on. You know, ultimately you have to have the ability to lead yourself, even though kids, I'm not like this hands off, like, Hey, fend for yourself with my kids
0: but at the same time like um all right it is now time for a word from today's sponsors and i'll be right back with more of the action on first class fatherhood
1: at the, you have to um, you've got to let your kids fail and then step in and help where you can, because ultimately they're going to have to get out and succeed in society and they're going to fail in society. And we're running to a problem in society where kids don't know how to fail. They're not functioning well in the real world because the parents protect them and don't expose them to anything. Uh, Alec, even even to the level of germs right now, we're such a germophobic society. I was just reading an article the other day that there is a cancer That kids are coming down with that is directly attributed to the fact that kids are so clean now. Parents are so germaphobic, you know, wiping them down with, you know, alcohol and, you know, Lysol wipes and all this stuff that they're not building specific immunities uh, that they grew up with in the past because, you know, (laughs) you drop something. Oh, you know, five second rule, you know, rub a little dirt in it.
0: Yeah, some of the things today that I read and see about parenting, they really bother me. Not, not only has the terminology gotten soft, like you can't even let the kids hang out with their friends anymore. They got to have a play date. Uh, but but that whole everyone gets a trophy mentality has really gotten everybody sick. And judging by my listenership, there's a lot of dads out there that are just sick and tired of it and really want things to change. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And
1: we have to, because we we are creating uh, the next generation of Americans who are not going to be able to function in the real world because in the real world there are setbacks there are problems there are failures there is competition and guess what the people are better are the ones who are going to get the job before you do you know there are going to be people that say things that's offensive to you there are going to be people that do things that are offensive to you and guess what it's just kind of part of life you may not like it but it's just part of life
0: It seems like the only person people want to listen to today is the person that's telling them, hey, it's not your fault. There's something or someone else to blame here. And and really, that's one of the reasons why I love the SEAL community, because of that never give up attitude, of course, like you showed during recovery, but also because of like Jocko Willink's uh, theory or or, or his expression of, hey, take extreme ownership for your life. Yeah, no, Jocko,
1: I was listening to one of his podcasts the other day. I like Listening, to what everybody has. And Jocko had a great uh, I love what he was talking about, the difference between um, reason and an excuse. And Jocko's definition, which I thought was great, is, you know, when something goes wrong, a reason if you if there's a reason why you didn't accomplish what was happening, your reason is you had no there was no way you could impact the um, circumstances that forced you not to accomplish what was going to happen. So no amount of planning, no amount of preparation, you know, it was a third order external factor that led to your failure An excuse is something that your lack of preparation, you could have impacted it if you had been better prepared. And I think that's what, you know, kids need to understand. That's the whole turnaround
0: of thinking, right?
1: Yeah. Cause guess what? There's a lot of things in life that you can actually impact. You know, a lot of the excuses that people give, you know, oh, it's not my fault or it's his fault or it's their fault or it's whatever's fault. By better planning, by better preparing, by looking ahead, a little bit more um, preparation, you could have prevented that. You could have foreseen that that possibly was going to happen. And a lot of I mean, hell, a lot of adults don't want to hear that because, yeah, now you know, that impacts your ego and you're like, oh, you know, don't tell me that I'm not ready.
0: Okay. We're airing this on Memorial Day, which is the day that we honor and remember our fallen men and women. Oftentimes when a soldier is killed or sacrifices their life, uh, they are a father as well as a son. Uh, so what do you say to those dads out there today who have lost their child while protecting our freedom?
1: You know, I've never seen a deeper impact. I, I talk a lot about, um, life's ambushes and I talk about so many people get upset over things that is nothing it's merely a schedule disruption that's all it is and then there are those true catastrophic events and I've never seen one greater than the loss of a child it just it disrupts the natural order of things so for all those parents out there that have lost a a son or daughter in the military I mean I just say you know my heart goes out to you I mean I've lost so many brothers um, I will say for us, we know the risks that we take and and we accept it, I, on every mission that I went out, there was a point, you know, I went, I had my little, um, I, I had my little thing that I did before I went out on the mission. And, uh, and the last thing I did, you know, I looked through the pictures of my wife and kids and then, and then I accepted, Hey, I may not come back. You know, this may be the last time. And I accepted that I was potentially already dead, um, and in some ways you had to think that way, but parents and wives or or even husbands of female service members out there they don't they don't think that way, they don't have the luxury of thinking that way, they're not in that mission, so that impact is just man, it is catastrophic for them. But but I will say this to all those parents that are out there, to all those wives or, or even husbands who have lost a loved one in the military, you know, that there is no greater sacrifice. And that may sound trite, but the problem or not the problem, I mean, the greatness of America of this nation. There's been no other nation in the history of the world that has grown to the level as fast as we have built around these tenets of freedom and opportunity. And if you go back to the beginning of this nation, it was built on sacrifice. You know, from the average farmer who stood up and said, I, I'm going to become a part of the Continental Army and fight. Un- don't have the skill set i believe in freedom so i'm willing to fight for it you know on that move forward throughout our nation's wars i mean there was always some sort of threat against freedom and opportunity that has led you know the average person to volunteer and say i'm willing to go fight as long as and we need that because um you know in the immortal words of travis Mannion, if not me then who if nobody's willing to volunteer and, and fight and sacrifice for what we have here in this nation, then someday it's going to cease to exist. So my opinion, the greatest act of heroism, to be able to go out and say, I'm willing to lay down my life, not just for the guys and gals next to me who I'm fighting for, not just for, you know, this nation that I believe in that gave me these opportunities, but everyone who lives in this nation, people who enjoy the freedoms day in and day out, And maybe not even, they've never even given a second thought to the military members that are out there fighting. But we do. We know we're fighting for every American. So to the parents that are out there, I just say, God bless you. Uh, I have served alongside your sons and daughters. I witnessed their amazing heroism and, and their willingness every day to step out there knowing they may not come back. And and obviously for some of them, they didn't. But I, I will do everything in my power to make sure that their memory is never forgotten.
0: Yeah, well said. God bless America. And and thank God for people like you uh, who are out there protecting our freedoms. I do not take my freedom for granted. I understand that you guys are making sacrifices. You men and women are making sacrifices greater than the rest of us and i make sure that i count my blessings for that each and every day Uh, i know that memorial day usually turns into a big sale at the mall a day off of work i know i'll be having a barbecue how does a former navy seal spend memorial day what are your plans
1: well we also will probably have a barbecue i mean i think it's a great time to
0: spend with friends and family because you know
1: ultimately that is what makes life better I will just say that at some point during the day, I will take a moment with my family and my kids and talk about the significance of this day. And I will talk about friends that I've lost and how amazing they were and and how I miss them. I I wish wish they were still here. Uh, Guys who, uh, you know, I now still see their kids and their kids are older, but obviously, you know, their dads are no longer around. So those are the things that I would talk to my kids about. Uh, on on Memorial Day. And I think that's what everybody should do. Even if you have never been in the military, take a few seconds to talk with your family. Have a moment of silence. Just take a few minutes to think about that sacrifice. It doesn't take much. But, you know, it does go beyond the barbecues. It does go beyond the day off because there was a, a very, very high price that was paid um, to enable that.
0: All right, Jason, you planning on having any more kids or are we all done here? No,
1: we are done, man. (laughs) Yeah, we are done. I, uh, you know, we three was good. And then after I got wounded, I think prior to being wounded, we might've possibly entertained one more, but, uh. No, we we decided to stop at three.
0: All right. Your book, The Trident, The Forging and Reforging of a Navy Seal, was a phenomenal book. I blew right through it. Uh, you have any other upcoming uh, writing projects we can look forward to?
1: I am working on a second book. It'll be hopefully coming out sometime in 2019. We're still kind of uh, working on it and, you know, negotiating with some of the different publishing houses. But it is called Overcome, and it is a book about leading yourself uh, – it's a business-focused, self-help-focused book um, talking on many of the principles I've developed, how to be an effective leader, uh, the three rules of leadership, how to lead yourself, and then how to lead others, and then how to lead always. And then it's uh, you know talking about how to build a strong, overcome mindset built around change. So, uh, so yeah, those are all the things that I'm working on. It's kind of exciting because... One of the big things that I think a lot of people are going to be interested in the book is not only the content, but I'm reaching out to other very prominent SEALs who are successful in the business world. And at the end of each chapter, I'm going to have one of these individuals weigh in on how that specific topic, because everything I write about, I learned over that 21 year military career and uh, specifically from my special operations background. So I'm going to have them weigh in on how that specific topic shaped them and led to their success in the civilian world. So I've already got several pretty high-profile SEALs who have agreed to be interviewed for the book, and uh, I'm continuing to reach out and work on that.
0: All right, you got to keep me posted on that, Jason. I will definitely be on the pre-order list when that book drops. Uh, Do you have any kind of uh, public speaking events or any appearances coming up?
1: No, I'll just say, uh, you know, a lot of people always ask me, hey, when are you going to do a public event?
0: I always do a lot of private events.
1: Companies hire me to come in. Um, I do have a public event that's coming up. Um, I can't put out the details yet. I will just say that it will be down in Miami in um, in December, and it's going to be a pretty cool event. There's going to be some prominent individuals, and it is going to be all about uh, being an effective leader, being a, a an effective man, having that balance as a man, as both a leader, you know, we need more real men in this world, you know, guys who, but balanced, you know, I think a lot of people have this idea, these, you know, this Neanderthal, um, you know, warrior who just sits around, you know, sharpening his white his knife and uh, <laughs> right. you know, in a dark room. But if you look specifically, I'm a big fan of the samurai and the Bushido mindset of having balance in all aspects of their lives. So not only were they great warriors, you know, they were great fathers, they were great husbands, they were great neighbors, they were great at real things, and it was all about balance. And that's something we're going to be talking about. You're going to have a bunch of different speakers, even myself, speaking on different aspects of of leadership as a man. So that's going to be coming in early December and probably next week, we're going to be putting out the information on that and people can buy a ticket and they can come to that event.
0: All right, Jason, that's going to wrap things up here. I cannot begin to explain how thankful I am for your service and the sacrifices that you and your friends have made for me and my family and all of us here in the United States. I want to say thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to spend it here with me on first class fatherhood. All right. We're going to be right back after a quick spot.
1: Alec, my honor. So, and yay, for all you fathers out there, (laughs) the adversity is going to come. So lead always and overcome all.
0: All right. We're going to be right back after a quick spot. All right. That's all the time I have for you today here on first class fatherhood. A very special thank you to my guest today, Jason Redmond, for stopping by the podcast Please, guys, hit me with a little feedback. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. If you enjoyed it, I highly encourage you guys to come back tomorrow. Join me here. I will be having another former Navy SEAL on the podcast as Navy SEAL Week continues. Kevin Lace, along with his beautiful wife, Lindsay Lace, will be joining me right here on First Class Fatherhood. We'll have a few minutes to kick it around about fatherhood, parenthood, and the likes. Uh, So I hope you're enjoying your Memorial Day and that, please, you do take a few moments out of the day to remember those men and women who have paid the ultimate price for the cost of our freedom. So lock it in. I hope to see you back here tomorrow. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And remember, you may not always get to fly first class, but you are always a first class father.